0: Welcome to Beards, Biceps, Beliefs, and Sometimes Bourbon. Where you will hear all about how to remove the roadblocks in your life so you can achieve the success you want in your career, business, fitness, and relationships. And also, my favorite bourbon tastings. And welcome to the next episode of Beards Biceps Beliefs. And today is my first time having someone on, and I am lucky enough to have Jennifer Boxerman from Nutrition RX. And you can look it up. ca.
1: Hi guys, Into
0: Canada. That's
1: yep, up. I'm a Canadian.
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you know, but I'm Canadian too.
1: I did not know that actually. Yeah.
0: So I. Been to London many times. (laughs) I grew up in Stony. Oh my gosh.
1: Well next time you're in town, we're gonna have to do this in person.
0: There we go. Very cool. So tell everybody just a little bit of who you are and what you do and why we're talking.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for tuning in today, guys. My name is Jen. I am a Canadian, just like Scott, as we're learning. And I'm a registered dietitian. So my passion is just to help um, not only individuals really have a happy and healthy relationship with food. And that's what I do in my private practice, X, which was born out of my CrossFit, our CrossFit gym that my husband and I owned. And then that nutrition program blew up. It became its own thing. And from what I was starting to do with my clients and teaching my staff, I made a little in-house onboarding program to make my nutrition coaches better who worked for me. And then that became a huge thing. And Chris Cooper reached out and asked if I could turn it into a certification to help other gym owners and coaches just elevate the nutrition coaching experience and then that ultimately became Prosper Nutrition Coaching which is something I know you've had a chance to experience firsthand so yeah my passion is just helping people whether it be clients or coaches get really good at nutrition coaching and making it fun and simple and applicable and we'll probably get into this but metaphors are my love language I love speaking and analogies and games and metaphors to make it fun
0: that's awesome and you do make it fun uh, and that's why I took that course because I resonated with you and um, how easy it was to learn and apply the things like that was, I don't know how many years ago, three years yeah. ago. Maybe. Uh,
1: three or four at this point, yeah. I think. And two of
0: my coaches have been through it. So mm-hmm. it's definitely an awesome course that you have. Thank and you. Yeah. So Jennifer, I got Jennifer on here because she was reading one of my posts And she's like, wow, I say that all the time. I resonate with that. And I had to let her know that I stole it from her. (laughs) um, I was like, I
1: like how this man thinks. This is such a great way to talk about food. And he's like, actually, Jen, that's your quote from the course. And I was like, oh, of course, that makes sense. But that's my pride and joy is if it resonates with other coaches and they go share that message with your clients, your followers, cool, we're making the fitness and food world that much healthier because of the important work gym owners and their team of coaches do. So I'm so happy that that was a funny misunderstanding standing between us.
0: Yeah, the I think a lot of your course resonates with me because it's a lot of mindset things. Oh, yeah. And it's you talk about food in there, but and I was showing Jennifer on my whiteboard behind me is probably like, 10 of her quotes or 10 things she uses to help people to understand nutrition better. Um, okay
1: so now I'm so curious, and I'm gonna maybe ask this question on behalf of the audience. What are some of those quotes that have like stood the test of time on your whiteboard?
0: Yeah, so the top one is is be kind. So I'm sorry, be curious, be kind, be honest. Love that one. You know, that's the that's a big one. Action breeds motivation. Mm-hmm. Small changes over time equal big results. Yep. Inner bully self-comparison. Oh yeah. Behavior change, habit formation. I really love this one. Um it is some habits that you already have: seatbelt, brush your teeth, make your coffee. Yes. I think that can relate to everybody once you change your habits that they just stay there forever. Like you still brush your teeth three times a day. Well, totally you brush your teeth three times a day. But
1: <laughs> and you know what, can we actually play that game together? Because this would be a fun one for us to do for maybe the listener that hasn't heard this metaphor before. Cause I know so many coaches tell me the toothbrush analogy in particular, they're like light bulb that makes so much sense. I'm going to start to talk more about this to my clients because it's just such a sticky way to coach behavior change. Yeah. So, Scott, I'm going to use you as my, my little test subject. And then if you're a listener, just play along. If you're driving in the car or, you know, doing groceries or whatever the case might be. So did you brush your teeth yesterday? Did you brush your teeth last night before you went to bed? Yes. Yep. I did too. Now I'm going to out myself. I'm going to see if I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Has there been a night or two in the last year that you just went to bed and didn't brush your teeth? It was late. You were tired. Okay. If you maybe are like ironclad with brushing your teeth. Have you ever missed flossing your teeth before? Yes. Okay. Got you on that one. So for most of us mere mortals, we're going to miss occasionally, but notice what we don't do. I want you to think through the mindset of your reaction to missing flossing your teeth or brushing your teeth. Would you throw in the towel and go, well, screw it. Since I didn't floss or brush my teeth, all is lost. So what's the point? And you know what, if I'm going to be bad, I'm going to be real bad. Like let's get my teeth all fuzzy with sugar, but Monday, Monday's when I'm going to get back on the horse. Have you ever responded like that to missing a little one-off? No. No. Have you overreacted and called your dentist in a panic and you're like, oh my gosh, this is an emergency. You have to get me in right now, drop everything. I need an emergency cleaning because I didn't floss or brush my teeth last night. Have you ever made that phone call? No no. no, no, have you ever had your inner bully beat you up where you feel like you're in trouble and you're being shamed and guilted all day long and that's all you obsessed about the very next day?
0: Not no. for one time, no.
1: So notice what happens is you just like dust it off and you're like, no big deal. And you get right back into the good habit. You don't overthink it. You don't procrastinate getting back into the good habit. You don't push it off to the right time, like after vacation or after the New Year's. You just have this consistently good habit. But there's something invisible most people don't recognize supporting the good habit of brushing our teeth. And that's the level of our environment. So if I were to be a toothbrush robber, which would be a very weird career, and say I broke into your house today, and I wanted to steal your toothbrush and your toothpaste, I'm gonna wager a million dollar bet that if I beeline to your master bathroom, it's either right there on the counter in some kind of cup holder thing, or it's probably behind a medicine cabinet right in the bathroom. Would I find your toothbrush and toothpaste located there?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So I wouldn't go on this like crazy chase around your house and like one day it's in a shoe box and one day it's in the attic and one day it's in the glove box of the car and another day it's tucked into like, I don't know, a shoe in the mudroom that you haven't worn in six months. You've actually designed your environment, your bathroom to set you up for success. And so for a lot of people, when they struggle with healthy eating, they think it's about their willpower and that they're not trying hard enough. But really, when we take a step back and we look at their environment, their environment doesn't have enough of a safety net. So it's your fridge, your freezer, your pantry. Are there grab-and-go nutritious snacks? Are there grab-and-go veggies? Are there healthy meals that maybe you cooked a bit earlier and you can pull it out on a lunch or dinner that you just don't have time to get groceries or to cook? And so the more you build your environment around you and set that up for success, that's actually where the consistency of those good habits come. So don't try to change behavior from the top down, which is willpower and, and, um, you know, just like effort, change it from the bottom up, which is mindset. Be curious, be kind, be honest, be forgiving, get right back into it. Don't make a big deal. And then use your environment to build supports. And then that's what actually keeps those good habits chugging along. So I think a lot like a train track, you're just laying down the tracks so that you tell the train the direction you want it to go and the environment is the equivalent of the train tracks. Yeah. Wow,
0: that's awesome. <laughs> if you didn't get all of that, rewind, play it again and and hopefully that sinks in because that was some, some great advice. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm curious, actually, I'm gonna ask you a question if that's okay. Sure. What has been the biggest shift in your own nutrition from some of the things you picked up in the course or just those little mindset tidbits that kind of sprinkled throughout the education?
0: Yeah, the some of the big tips, and I've shared these with the people I help coach, is that your everyone thinks like nutrition's just meal prepping. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the hardest thing is to make all your meals and have them ready and go grocery shopping and plan and- Totally. Um, the the little steps of, I just make sure my vegetables are ready for when I have my breakfast in the morning. Yeah. So that Because everybody's busy in the morning and you don't have time to eat. Um, but if my vegetables are already chopped up and ready, it goes in the pan, my eggs go in and I'm good to go for my breakfast. So it only takes like five minutes.
1: And you know what? I see your food photos online all the time. And I'm like, look at him doing the half plate of veggies. Look at him sneaking them in in all these little places. And what you do is you start by like winning the little five minute habit, which is chopping your vegetables up. We call it a veggie bucket inside the course. And then we try to make it front and center in the fridge because then it's like the healthy choice is the easy choice. And I think I embedded a little terrible joke inside the course, but do you remember the drawer of death? It's the vegetable crisper where good intentions go to die. So a lot of people use their vegetable drawers as a drawer of death. They buy them, they have the good intentions to eat their veggies, but because they don't do that little five minute step of washing and cutting them up and making them really easy, just like Scott talked about, Unfortunately, some make it into our digestive systems and some just wilt and die and slime in that veggie drawer, which is why I name it the drawer of death.
0: Yeah, that's a good name. It's true. The the our healthiest food, if we buy it on Sunday and don't eat it by the following Sunday, it goes in the garbage. Right? Totally. It's like, well, what's healthy? If it doesn't last long, it's probably more natural and and won't stay around forever. We had had bought bagels. I don't know how long ago, and it sat on the shelf. Like, there's three left. Yeah. They're still, it's three months later and they're not moldy, they're not. Yeah, there's it's all those preservatives, like, right? That's your first clue that it is not very good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is great. Um, tell me more, uh, what's another good mindset thing to help someone who is just new, is someone who's 50-something percent body fat and yep. is afraid to start nutrition?
1: Oh, I love that question, Scott. Um, one of my favorite metaphors, and I actually just saw a YouTube video on it, and we can link it in the show notes if this is helpful, is I, it's in a metaphor or an analogy I call the health spending account. So in your mind's eye, I want you to picture a little piggy bank. And obviously we have money of different denominations, right? We've got nickels and dimes and quarters and dollar bills and $20 bills and $50 bills and hundred dollar bills. But what we want to think about in terms of just taking really excellent care of our health is a lot like, wealth. if we can live within our means, meaning we don't spend as much as we earn over time, our bank account is going to grow. So I think of the bank account, like the scale, Ultimately it is an outcome goal. So when people often contact coaches for help with weight loss or healthier lifestyle, they're very obsessed on the scale, right? And so they're like, have I lost weight? What do I weigh? And it's a lot like logging into your bank account, being like, what's my balance? What's my balance? No amount of logging in is going to change the amount of money in the bank balance. But from an awareness standpoint, it's still helpful to be mindful. What will change the bank balance is I call it the ins and the outs. So we wanna think about healthy deposits in our health accounts that add to our progress, add to our success. So when I drink lots of water throughout my day, I'm making health deposits into my body each time I have a glass of water. Every time you throw veggies into the pan with your eggs at breakfast, there's a health deposit. Every time you prioritize your workout and you get your workout done, you know, maybe that's a $50 bill. Um, you take three deep breaths when you're in rush rush hour traffic and you want to like yell at the person who just cut you off. Those three calming deep breaths are like throwing in um you know a dollar. it's it's small, but it still does something. And so what's cool is it doesn't always have to be this grand fifty dollars hundred dollar, $1, thousand dollar effort, Dimes count, nickels count, quarters count, um even just getting vegetables on takeout pizza not the best choice in the world, but it's still a small contribution to health. So those are the inputs, right? Protein, veggies, sleep, stress management, exercise, nourishing whole foods, good self-care. Of course, we're also gonna have deductions. So no Ebenezer Scrooge is here where we like hoard our money and it never comes out. There's gonna be some deductions that are gonna have to happen, right? Rent and uh, or mortgage and, you know, internet and car insurance and stuff like that. And then there's gonna be some discretionary spending, right? We might treat ourselves to a fancy dinner. We might go to a concert or whatever. But for those that are always living within their means, they can afford some small deductions, enjoy them mindfully, and still work towards their wealth goals. So I can have pizza once in a while. I can have homemade chocolate chip cookies. I can enjoy a glass of wine. Those are like my discretionary spending, but I just have to keep it in check in balance to my, you know, my income coming in, my health choices. And so when you think about the mindset of an overreaction, imagine you had a car incident and you had a $400 repair this month. Okay. It kind of sucks. Unexpected 400 bucks. Would you go to your bank account and go, well, screw the savings. You know, if I have to spend an extra 400 on my car, I might as well spend the 10 grand that we were saving towards renovating our building or a down payment on a new car or whatever the case might be. You probably wouldn't blow all that savings. Yet, how many times do people do that with food? Well, I had donuts in the break room at work because Sandra brought them in for her birthday. I guess today's a write off and I'm gonna get takeout for dinner. And actually, it's Friday. This isn't gonna be a great weekend. Ugh, I'll just start again with healthy eating on Monday. So, when you think about the health account and you think of it as like, where can I just find those little wins and put those health deposits in? What I do with my clients is we call them voting for our healthiest self. It can be a five cent vote, a 10 cent vote, a quarter, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, a hundred dollars, $1, a thousand dollars. Every little bit adds up, but also every little deduction counts too. So we just want to keep the deductions as small as possible while making the biggest contributions. And then that final mindset phrase of like, what's the best you can do where you are with what you have? So in certain seasons of life, We can't maybe save as well because we have higher expenses for whatever reason. In other seasons, we can save a little bit better. Great. You can do more then. So being kind to yourself that you're doing the best you can in the season of life that you find yourself. So I love teaching that one. We call it the health spending account. And for anyone that wants to do a deeper dive, I have like a free YouTube video where it just goes into all the concepts. But that's it in a nutshell.
0: That's great. I I love that. Uh, Yeah. Putting money in but not taking as much out and right. not throwing it all away because I know you've heard them so many times when I hear it. Well, I had I had a bad uh, lunch, so I just ate crap for like four days. I'm like,
1: I hear that all the time. And then when I get people to think about it like money, I was like, would you light a pile of money on fire because you spent $400 to repair your car? And they look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, yes, I'm looking at you like you're crazy. Why does a bad lunch mean three more days of eating is like completely in the garbage can. It doesn't have to be like that. And so maybe what you're hopefully picking up um, both Scott and, and the listeners, is just this ability to like quickly reset and forgive ourselves, right? You don't hear me doing a lot of finger wagging or shaming or judging or making my clients feel really bad about themselves. It's just, okay, acknowledge what happened. That's the be curious, be really kind to yourself and then be honest. What's your next step forward? Do you need to go to bed a bit earlier tonight? Do you need to pack your lunch for the next day to make sure your tomorrow's lunch is gonna be more on track? Do you need to add some veggies to breakfast just to help you know balance things out a little bit? So that's where that curiosity of like, hey, let's just look at this as a curious observer, not a mean bully judging me. We need to be kind because most people don't feel inspired to change their health habits when they feel really ashamed and judged. That is not a space that creates like a positive mindset to change ourselves, but we also need to be honest with ourselves. What's working, what's not working, what environments cause me to slip up, what environments cause me to succeed. And you just, if you can study it more as a curious observer, you have a better chance of setting yourself up for success. And I think that's where a coach can be really helpful because they can be that voice of reason of being curious and asking questions, being kind in the delivery, but also being that voice of honesty and helping people really evaluate what's working and maybe not working so well for themselves.
0: That's that's awesome. I I agree with that coach part because you you're looking at it differently than the person who's in it and yeah. like no it well it really wasn't that bad. Right. It's like you we use a in body for measurements and people think they're way out of proportion. I'm like no you're yeah. not. Like this showed. Yeah. You know, so it's their, it goes to their mindset of, and and people are the hardest on themselves. Totally. Instead of, you know, be kind, they're just yelling, they're yelling at themselves. You suck. Mm -hmm. And you know what,
1: I'll give you like one more little mindset tidbit, if this is just helpful to our listeners today, is I often talk about, as a coach, I will label three voices. So when I notice someone's getting really spirally inside their own mindset, I'll go, hey, Who is the one talking right now? And I'm going to give you a choice of three different types of people. Voice number one is the inner bully. This is the one that makes you feel bad about yourself, judges you, shames you, yells at you. Is this the bully talking right now? The second voice and the third voice can actually be allies. And what's good is we can do a two on one. So we can do a tag team to try to like shush the bully and make the other two voices louder. So the middle voice is what I call the curious detective. It is neutral. It's non-judging, it just goes around and it has a little notepad and it's looking for observations, facts, trends, clues. Huh, I noticed that when I don't pack lunch and there's treats in the break room, I go for a 2.45 donut or cookie snack because I was really hungry. Not judging that, I just noticed that when I go to work without lunch and Sandra brings baked goods, I can't resist them. I noticed that when I get to bed on time, it's really easy to wake up for my morning workouts. Huh, I notice that when I scroll on social media and watch Netflix till midnight, I tend to skip the gym the next day. So we're not judging, we're just noticing patterns. Huh, when I do this, this tends to be the outcome. And then what's so cool is if you can work with your curious detective and then hand out those observations to the third and final voice, the third voice is what I label our wise guide. Not wise guy, like cracking wise guy jokes, wise guide. Think of it like a, a mentor that's going to walk you up the mountain of success. This mentor's like, hey, I've been there. I'm going to be by your side. I am holding your long term goals in the forefront. We're going to go at your own pace, but I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to stick it out with you. I'm going to you know be by your side on those difficult moments. I'm going to remind you of your whys and why this is really important to you. I'm not going to yell at you, but I am going to hold you accountable. And I'm also going to try to keep helping you find ways to make the path and the environment easier because I'm your wise guide and I want to set you up to succeed. No different than hiring a business mentor who's been there and going to walk by your side and set you up to succeed. Hopefully your business mentor isn't screaming at you every appointment. They are being curious and looking at data and collecting the clues. And then they're being a wise mentor to help guide you of like, what do you want to do with that information? What's your next step? So whenever I notice someone is like in a bit of a tailspin mentally, I'll just ask them and say, I'm not gonna tell you, but like you tell me what voice you think is like driving the bus right now. Do you want the bully behind the steering wheel? Maybe not. Okay, we're gonna put them aside. Let's put the curious detective behind the wheel for a moment. What is it noticing? Let's just observe the patterns that have been happening lately. And then now that we have pattern and observations, let's give those notepads over to the wise guide and let it weigh in on maybe what we should try next. So that's a, I, it sounds kind of crazy because we're talking about three voices and it's not, you know, we're hearing things, but it's really helpful to put our self talk through that lens of who is the one sort of directing what's happening in my thought process right now.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to shift from that negative self talk and behavior and stop it real quick and get out of it. Mm-hmm. Very helpful. Very helpful. Okay, I have a question for you. So, if if someone, when I talk to people, meet them outside the, you know, wherever we're at, and they don't exercise at all, my first thing is to tell them to go for a walk. I love that. Right. So, what would you tell someone that you know they know who you are? Like, hey, what's the first thing I should do? Without getting into like, you know, they just want a free free bit of advice and
1: Yeah, I usually start in one or two places or I maybe do a little combo. So often I like to teach the, teeth, the toothbrush analogy first, the thing that we already talked about earlier in this podcast, because what it is, is it's instantly that light bulb moment of like, oh, right, I don't need to like beat myself up if I miss a rep, I just need to be consistent. But also when they realize that the bathroom environment is what's directing those good habits, They're suddenly taking pressure off this like willpower and this huge amount of effort. And they start to be like, oh, maybe I have to think more about like cutting up vegetables or having some protein cooked or bringing a water bottle to work. Like, what's the smallest thing you can do to make your environment just that little bit more supportive? So I like the toothbrush metaphor because it gets people looking at food a lot differently because what most people do is they beat the head against the wall and they just think it's more effort more willpower. And then they look at their circumstances and they're like, well, I'm not in the right season of life to give this four hours a weekend of batch cooking, so I can't do anything. So I love that because it's not one specific habit, but I'm actually starting with a mindset food coaching exercise. And then my probably second favorite tip is to just that drawer of death and the veggie bucket. Most people can take five minutes a week and cut up their vegetables. And what I do is I actually learned about this in a university behavior change psychology class. So shout out and thanks to my university prof. But the thing I learned from that class was anchoring. Anchoring is we glue one habit to something that already exists. So I'll give you an example that I would bet almost everyone listening does. You sit down in a vehicle to start driving and you click in your seatbelt. That seatbelt is anchored to sitting down in the car seat. The moment you get in, you anchor the seatbelt to that. You don't think about it an hour into a drive, it just happens. If I wash my hair with shampoo, I've got long hair as a girl, I always anchor shampoo with conditioner. It's just conditioner always follows shampoo. They are anchored and glued together. So when I start to present anchoring to my clients and in the context of vegetables, I always say like, when you go grocery shopping, do you put your food right away in the fridge? Like you don't leave eggs and chicken and you know, raw veggies sitting out for hours. And like, oh, I'll get to the chicken in four hours and put that in the fridge. No, you come in with your groceries and you unpack and you put everything away. So I say, what if you try just for this first month that every time you come home with fresh groceries that involves, you know, fruits and veggies, you wash your vegetables, you cut them up and you put them front and center inside your fridge. It's five minutes, I promise you it's not more than that. And how I know, this is super embarrassing. I first tried this out when I was in university and Britney Spears and the song Toxic was like the song. And I used to race the song Toxic and see if I could make my veggie bucket faster than before the song ended. So that's how I know it's less than five minutes. Thank you, Britney Spears Toxic. (laughs) But as soon as I got over that, it wasn't this like four hours of meal prep, I just had to do five minutes anchored to grocery shopping Now, my vegetables don't go in my drawer of death. They get cut up, they go in a container with a paper towel on the bottom, a lid on top, front and center. I'm gonna add veggies to breakfast, to lunch, to dinners, to snacks. It's so easy, because it's right there. So those are probably two of my favorite easiest wins, just like you said, go for a walk if someone's not active, is think about the toothbrush, don't beat yourself up, don't stop just because you missed it once, make your environment support you, and then from a vegetable standpoint, anchor it to grocery shopping
0: great tips. I, I, I'm not as eloquent as you and I say it to my clients, but <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's the same thing. We're going to start super small mm-hmm. and do something that you always do and do something with it. You know, like you get in your car, drink your water when you go to work.
1: Yep. And you know what? You actually have this written on your whiteboard behind you, but you said action leads to more motivation. So the people have it backwards. People think they have to feel motivated and then they're going to take action. It works in the opposite order. You take action and then your motivation increases because you took action. And then because you're more motivated, you're going to keep taking more action, which makes you more motivated, more action. So the first step of behavior change is you have to start with action. But I think of it like a rock. I don't want to boulder. I'm not going to be able to budge. I want to start by rolling a little pebble down the road that's small enough. I can kick it and it will start to, to roll and get going. So I think when people get stuck, is they pick an action that feels like a boulder and it doesn't budge. So just shrink the action really, really small, get it rolling and your action will feed into more motivation. Any coach who's coached hundreds of thousands of people will tell you, you just have to start by taking action. But make yep. the action small so the rock it's, starts to roll.
0: It, it's on my coffee mug, as a quote I always say. Take
1: action. <laughs> Take action. Love it.
0: <laughs> because it's it's, so true. Action mm-hmm. trumps everything.
1: It trumps everything.
0: Yeah. I, I did a poster a video a little while ago and I said, it was the first time I said, maybe maybe don't take any action at all. Just sit and think about it. Like if you're not sure, it was yep. a different scenario, but it was like, I'm not sure where I need to go. Maybe I should just not take any action and sit and think about it for a bit. And, and someone you know what I'm hearing? You said, That's your curious
1: detective. You,
0: yeah yeah the curious detective like what should i actually be doing and yeah. i got a message like you always tell me to take action now you're telling me not to take action like, <laughs> you're taking it out of context but yeah yeah like, action. no it's just
1: your curious detective needs a moment to breathe and get some notes before it can go to the wise guy who's then going to direct her next action
0: yeah very cool well that was great thank you very much for taking the time and sharing all that amazing nutrition stuff because nutrition. the biggest thing that we have to work on but it's usually the hardest for everybody yes you know we can we enjoy the sweating and getting exercise in and we feel good instantly from it i don't always feel good instantly when i eat an apple or yeah (laughs) you know like it's a different different behavior so that was great and then also Jennifer has something for all of you
1: I do yeah so my like I just love helping anyone who's passionate about nutrition healthy eating coaches that are in this space just like love nutrition and make it fun and simple and easy just like Scott and I have been chatting about so I actually made a completely free mini course it's called liftoff so it's a nutrition masterclass. if you go to prospernutritioncoaching.com liftoff that will give you all these fun metaphors, analogies, games. If you want a repeat of the toothbrush analogy, that's in there. I have a game that goes along with the Drawer of Death. So there's free resources, free games, fun little metaphors, but that is a little gift for anyone that's listening. Um, The other thing is on our certification side that Scott and his team has gone through, we're at capacity right now. So we're not taking on um, new students till our next enrollment cycle. But if you put your name down on the wait list, I actually drew a draw, a grand prize draw, where one person on the wait list wins their certification for free. So never hurts to put your name down. You know, your name's going to be entered into the hat. And if you, you know, you can always chat to Scott and see, you know, see what he thought of the certification. But really want to help CrossFit gyms, functional fitness gyms and their coaches get a revenue stream that's super successful from the nutrition coaching side of it. Because your clients are going to do better, your coaches can make a little bit more. So, if I can help in any way, the lift off is completely free. And yeah, throw your name down into the the wait list, and you'll be into the draw for a free certification.
0: Wow, that's that's huge. That's thousands of dollars for free there, guys. Like, yep. That is. You're lucky. Yeah, <laughs> I just the, want I want free those coaches stuff that is not valuable, but this is super valuable. So.
1: yeah No, I know there's coaches that really want to level up their nutrition coaching and their programs. And sometimes money can be a barrier. And so I'm lucky that I'm at a point where generosity and giving back is just a really important core value of Prosper Nutrition. So we actually just had a young coach win it this September and she was like over the moon ecstatic that her name got pulled from the hat and she's like in her twenties, I can't think of anyone better you know, who, who won the draw. So I hope another coach, young, old, starting out, a seasoned veteran, if you're interested in nutrition coaching, I wanna help you get better at it.
0: Wow, that's great. Thank you so much
1: yeah so thanks for thanks for coming on board thanks for hanging out and letting us uh chat today about this stuff yeah
0: it was great so again that's jennifer Boxerman, Boxerman you got it yeah <laughs> uh with nutritionrx.ca so go there for your um free liftoff and get your name entered in the drawing you Actually, I'm going
1: out. to do a quick correction if that's okay. So I yeah. have two companies. NutritionRx would take you over to being like a nutrition client of mine um, to get all those free goodies. If you go to prospernutritioncoaching.com, um, we can hook you up with all that free stuff over there.
0: Got it. And I will put the links in the notes. Perfect. Great. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Beards, Biceps, Beliefs. Hope it was helpful and we'll see you next time. Hi. Thanks for listening to the show. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend. If there's anything I could do to help, please reach out. We will see you on the next episode of Beards, Biceps, Belize, and Sometimes Bourbon.